John chapter 11 and verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Praise God. Uh, Rebecca and I, there's a program where we watch. It's an American program, a sitcom thing. And we were watching it there a couple of weeks ago. And in it, right, so the, there was a, a, a man and a woman sitting at a bar, okay? And now the guy actually was the bar manager, but he was sitting at the customer's side, and he was beside this girl who was a friend of his, and she's a police officer, right? So they're sitting at the bar, and this other girl comes and goes in behind the bar, right? And she fixes a drink, two drinks, and she has one for herself, and she hands one to the bar manager, okay? So the two of them are sitting there, and the bar manager takes a taste of the drink, and he goes, wow. And he turns to his friend, the lady police officer, and he says to her, did you see that? A hot girl can mix the perfect drink. And she said, really? Is that what you saw? And he said, yeah. He said, this beautiful girl made this perfect drink. And she said, really? Is that what you saw? Do you want to know what I saw? I saw a girl go behind the bar, help herself to a drink, and leave without paying. I saw a girl commit a crime. And I thought, wow, two different perspectives. He saw a hot girl mix the perfect drink. She saw a girl steal a drink. He saw this beautiful girl with a talent, and she saw this girl commit a crime. And you know, when we watch that, it's just a silly program we watch together, and it's not even important here. But as we watched it, I thought to myself, wow. It just made me think, we all have different perspectives, amen? We all have different perspectives. They both saw the very same thing happen, but she saw it one way and he saw it the other. They both saw it different ways, amen? And it just, it just made me think about how sometimes we can have different perspectives. Like we could all sit here this morning and watch something on the screen and you could see it differently than I would see it. You could get something different out of it than I would get out of it. I saw online recently, um, the girls were showing me actually the color pink. We all know the color pink. But the way you see the color pink could be very different to the way I see the color pink. Because you can't describe how you see the color pink, and I can't describe how I see the color pink, so we could really be seeing something totally different. Were you ever in a, in a group, a conversation? You know, Enda and I have often been talking to people and both of us in the same conversation and we'd go home and we'd be chatting about it afterwards and he'd say, but did you notice he said that? And I'm there thinking, did he really? Did he really say that? You know, we hear different things in conversations. You might hear somebody use a tone that I didn't hear. So you might get a completely different meaning from the conversation than I got. You know, and I was even thinking about it the other day. I was standing at the microwave, and I put something in for 30 seconds. Now, 30 seconds is nothing, amen? But if you're very, 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 very hungry, or you're in a huge hurry, 30 seconds is a long time, amen? So even your own perspective can change on things. And so I was just thinking about that, and it just got me to thinking about what I want to talk to you about today. Sometimes... And maybe even a lot of times, we can have a very different perspective on things than God does. Amen? We can have a very different perspective on things than God does because newsflash today, this is something now that you do not know, okay? 
You guys are just mere humans. Amen? We're mere humans, but God is God. Amen? God is God. And a situation or a circumstance or a problem can present itself in our lives. And what's the first thing we do? We panic. We hit the emergency button. Amen? But God said, wait up. Take your hand off the emergency button. I can handle this. I got this. You know? And we need to remember, first of all today, when we're starting off today, we just need to remember that God is always with us. Amen? God is always with us. When you give Jesus your life, he will always be with you. He will be with you every step of the way. He will be with you every second of every day. So he's always with you. So that means that when the sun is shining and the birds are singing, God is there beside you. That's right, Ayo. But it also means when the tough time comes, when you face a challenge, when you face a problem, he's right there beside you as well. Because the good thing about God is God never bails. Amen. When the difficulty hits, God doesn't bail out. Amen. He doesn't say, I'm out of here now. God is still with you. He's still right beside you. He's with you every step of the way. He's with you when you're frolicking in the sun on the beach. Amen. And he's with you when you face those tough times. As you face that doctor's report, he's right there. As you look at those three bills lined up on the kitchen table that you cannot pay right now, he's still there. Amen. As you struggle in your marriage, he's still there. Amen. As you watch your children make mistakes, he's still there. Amen. He's there. We've established that today that he's there, but he has a different perspective on your problem. Amen. He sees the very same thing that you see, but he has a different perspective. He's looking at the very same thing, but he sees it differently. He sees that very same doctor's report, but he says, shh, remember, I took care of that on the cross. He sees those tree bills lined up on your kitchen table, but he says, shh, it's okay, remember, I'm your Jehovah Jireh, your great provider. He sees you struggle in your marriage, but he says, shh, it's okay, remember I said in my words, a threefold cord is not easily broken. He sees your children make those mistakes, but he said, shh, it's okay. Remember I told you, train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. You see, God sees the issue, but he sees it differently. He sees it from a different perspective. Why is that? You see, God can see beyond the issue. Amen. God can see more than we can see. God can see farther down the road than we can see. Amen. I don't know if in your car, Enda's car is terrible for it. You know, you're driving Enda's car and it's telling you, shift, shift, shift. And you're thinking, I'm not going to shift gear because there's a bend just up around the corner. You know, and sometimes we're like that. We're thinking we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do the other. But God is saying, wait, wait, I can see the bend coming up. We don't need to do that right now. God sees things differently than we see him, amen? He sees it exactly the same, but he sees it differently. So we need to remember that he's always with us every step of the way. He sees things differently. And there is nothing, nothing that God cannot handle. Nothing that God cannot handle, amen? There's nothing he can't heal. There's nothing he can't fix. There's nothing he can't mend, amen? We have to remember there is no problem that God cannot solve. No sickness he can't heal. There's no marriage or relationship he can't restore. There's no child that he can't bring back into the fold. 
When we see a problem, you see, we see the negative, amen? When we run into a problem, we see end of the world. But you see, God sees it as an opportunity for his glory, amen? An opportunity to show his glory. And that's what happened here in Mary and Martha's situation. Chapter 11. They looked at their brother and they saw a very sick man. But Jesus saw an opportunity to show his glory. Jesus said, it's okay, he won't die. This is for my glory. But we all know, I'm sure you're all familiar with the story of Lazarus. We all know he actually did die. Lazarus did die. In actual fact, he was four days in the tomb by the time Jesus got there. Amen, praise God. Mary and Martha's world had come crashing down around them. Their beloved brother had died. Shh, God's got this, amen. God's not finished yet. John chapter 11, we're just going to skip down. There's loads of information there, but for time's sake, we're going to skip down to verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So Martha and Jesus are standing together and they both see the same thing. Okay, so they're standing together. They both see the same thing. They see the closed tomb of Lazarus. Amen. They see the closed tomb of Lazarus. This situation has arisen now in Martha's life and Jesus is standing beside her. But just like us sometimes when we face a situation or a problem or something horrible in our lives, Jesus is standing right beside him, but we still think we have to remind him. There might be a smell, you know, it's been four days, you know, and that's what Martha's doing here. She's reminding him, Lord, you know, the smell, it's been four days. But Jesus is saying, shh, didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? You see, God had this situation in hand. Maybe it didn't look like that right now. I mean, Martha is standing outside the tomb of her brother, amen, the closed tomb of her dead brother. But instead of relaxing in the fact that she's already asked Jesus for help, she does what, like some of us do, and I know I've done it too, we remind God, but God, but God, but God, it's been four days, there'll be a smell. You see, Martha gives the facts, but Jesus says, shh, I got this. Verse 41, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. When we ask God for something, amen, and it doesn't seem to be coming to pass, we need to just say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. Because even though you haven't seen your answer yet, God still heard you, amen. He will always hear you. When you ask, he will always hear. Verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You see, Martha and Mary, they send a note to Jesus telling him their brother is sick. Jesus says it's going to be okay. But Lazarus dies before Jesus gets there. We see with God, it's not over until he says it's over, amen. Jesus said, this will not lead to death. Yet here we are, standing outside a closed tomb, amen. But Jesus wasn't finished, amen. He called a dead man out of the tomb. You see, God had a different perspective. 
He saw the exact same issue that Mary and Martha were facing, but he already saw the solution. Amen. You see, we have to remember that God is not working in the same realm as us. Amen. God is not limited to the resources of this world. God can answer our prayers other ways. He doesn't have to use the things of this world. Amen. Because as I said earlier, we have to remember we're human, but God is God. Amen. And we have to learn to sit back and trust and relax, knowing that we've asked God, he's heard us, and the answer is on his way. We've got to relax knowing he's got it. Amen. You see, God doesn't do things our way. And the thing about it is, your answer may not come from where you think it's going to come. It may not come the way you think it's going to come. Amen. And it may not come in the timing that you think it's going to come either. But it will come. Amen. You have to think about it. Think about Mary and Martha, right? They send a note to Jesus that their brother is sick, okay? So I'm sure in their head, they had these expectations of how this is going to play out. You know, I'm sure in their eyes, they're thinking, okay, Jesus is going to come. Jesus is going to come straight away and not delay. But he did delay, amen? And I'm sure they're thinking, okay, Jesus is going to come and he's going to come to their house. Not the graveyard, amen? But he came to the graveyard. And I'm sure they thought, you know, Jesus is going to come and he's going to lay hands on Lazarus and Lazarus is going to walk out of his sick bed, not out of his grave. Amen. But that's what happened. Amen. God didn't have it planned the same way as Mary and Martha had it planned. You see, God was going for the gold here. Jesus performed an even greater miracle. Like, you think about it, he could have healed Lazarus and that would have been awesome. Amen. That would have been amazing. But he brought him out of the grave. He brought a dead man out of the grave. Amen. Jesus performed an even greater miracle that we're still talking about today in 2021. You see, God doesn't do things the way we expect him to do them. Amen. He doesn't do things the way we think he should do them. Amen. And he doesn't do them in our timing. He may not use the method that we expect him to use. You know, sometimes we ask God for something and we sit there then after we ask God and we think, okay, how's he going to do that? Is he going to use this person? Is he going to tell that person? Is he going to bring it this way? Is he going to bring it that way? But God is not like that. Amen. God is not limited to the way we think. Because Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, amen? His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. And God's ways are not our ways. His ways are way higher than our ways. You see, God is God. He can do amazing things. He can do anything. He's not limited, amen? He doesn't have limited resources, as we said. Remember in Matthew chapter 26, he's in the garden, Jesus with his disciples. And remember, Peter cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest, Peter sees Jesus been hassled and his first reaction is to draw his sword. Amen. But Jesus says, put away your sword. You see, in the natural, that's what Peter knew to do. But you see, Jesus has other ways of doing things. Jesus says, put away your sword. Don't you know that if I called on my father, he would send more than 12 legions of angels to help me? Nothing's impossible with God. Amen. God is not limited. The only way God is limited is when we limit him. Amen when we actually limit him in our thinking. God doesn't have to do things our way. 
He doesn't have to do things our way, amen? We need to stop in our mindset putting limits on God. We need to allow God to do what God is going to do. We need to pray, ask God for what we need or what we want or what we need fixed or whatever it is, and we need to sit back, relax, and allow God to do what he's going to do, amen? He's going to answer your prayer. He will. In Exodus chapter 14, the Israelites, remember they're fleeing from Egypt and they come up to the Red Sea. Disaster. Amen. The Egyptian army are thundering behind him and they come to the Red Sea, this huge sea. They panic. They start to talk about their burials. Amen. But you see, God's thoughts were higher than their thoughts and God's ways were higher than their ways. Amen. Because when the Israelites, they came upon it, they saw a huge sea. But God saw the M50. Amen. God saw a motorway in the middle of the sea. Amen. He created a motorway in the middle of the sea. And here you have the Israelites now getting across this huge sea on dry land, getting away from their enemies without even, even wetting a toe. Amen. A couple of chapters on, the Israelites are complaining about having no food. What does Jesus do? Negotiate with Tesco or Aldi or Little, you know, about this land that he can give them. And, you know, there'll be loads of car parking in it for them and they can provide food for the Israelites. No. He rains food down from heaven. Amen. He rains food down from heaven. When the Israelites wake up in the morning, their food is delivered. And it didn't come in a Tesco van. Amen. It came from heaven. God doesn't use the things of the natural all the time. Amen. When Daniel, I love this one. When Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, he's not eaten. Does he have to fight the lions and kill them so that he's not eaten? No. God just closes their mouths. To me, that's fascinating. It's always fascinated me since I was a child. He didn't have to fight. He didn't have to get a scratch or anything. He just closed your mouths. God just closed your mouths. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 19, I just thought it was worth looking at. Then at break of day, remember the king then is panicking and he comes the next morning rushing to see if Daniel's okay. The king arose and went in haste to the den of lions and he came near to the den where daniel was and he cried out in a tone of anguish the king declared to daniel oh daniel servant of the living god has your god whom you serve continually this is what i love been able to deliver you from harm has he been able to deliver you from the lions daniel said to the king oh king live forever my god sent his angels to shut the mouths of the lions and they have not harmed me has your god been able has your God been able? What a question, amen? What a question. Has your God been able? Our God is able, amen? Our God is definitely able, amen? He is very able and he is very willing. And he's not limited to our little ways, amen? He is very able. Is your God able? When I read that, I was like, oh gosh, what a question. Of course he's able, amen, he's God. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. If you look at it in the Passion Translation, it says it like this, He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and he will exceed your wildest imagination. You see, as I said to you, when we pray and we ask God, we're thinking, okay, how's God going to work that out? Now, how's he going to bring that to pass? 
But even if we were to have our craziest, wildest, imaginary dream, amen, we still wouldn't be able to see how God might be able to bring it to pass. Amen. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's with us in the good times. He's with us in the tough times. He will answer our prayers, amen, but he will answer them in his way. He sees more than you do. When you ask for that, whatever it is that you ask for, he sees beyond. He sees the pitfalls that might be coming. So he knows we won't do it that way. We'll do it this way. If he needs to create a motorway through the sea, well, then that's what he'll do. Amen. If he needs to rain food down from heaven, well, then it'll rain. Amen. If he needs to close the mouth of a lion, well, then he'll close the mouth of a lion. Amen. In Matthew chapter 17, where did Jesus and Peter get the coin to pay the temple tax? Yeah. Did he run up to Bank of Ireland? No. Did he trot across to the credit union? Then he said to Peter, cast your hook. And the coin was in the fish's mouth, guys, in the fish's mouth. And you know what's even more amazing? It was in the first fish's mouth that came up. Peter didn't have to keep fishing. Open mouth, no. Open mouth, no. Open mouth, no. And maybe the 50th one. No, it was in the very first fish, a coin in its mouth to pay the temple tax. Amen. His ways are not our ways. How, does, how did Jesus get to the disciples? Remember when they were caught in the storm? Did he hire another boat? He walked on water. He walked on water. How did he calm the storm that other time? He just told it to stop and the storm stopped. Amen. He told it to stop and the storm stopped. Amen. They run out of wine at the wedding. Remember, what does Jesus do? Run to the local off license? Not at all. He uses the water that's already there and changes it into the best wine they have ever tasted. His ways are not our ways, amen? His ways are not our ways. He has a higher perspective than us. He's not limited to the ways of this world. He has all the information. He has all the information. He sees everything much clearer than we do. And God doesn't deal with doubt or fear, amen? God doesn't have those issues, amen? Nothing is missing in what God sees. When he sees your situation, he sees everything clearly. He sees nothing missing. There's no information missing. There's nothing left out. He sees it all. Amen. His ways are not our ways. We read Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9. And in the message version, it says it this way. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree. For as the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Church, I love this message this morning because I really feel it encourages us that no matter what issue, no matter what problem we face, God has the solution, amen? He has the solution. And not only does he have the solution, we don't have to worry about the way it might come, amen? We just have to just let him do it, whatever way God wants to do it. He will come true for us. We can rest knowing that God's got this, there's nothing that we, that we can ask him that he can't do. There's just nothing, amen? We don't have to find a solution either, and we don't have to help him, amen? We don't have to help him find a solution. His our solution is not limited to the way the world works. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Aren't you glad that's the case? 
And just as we close this morning, you know, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, you know, yeah, God sees way past, so we don't have to worry about the way he's going to answer the problem or anything like that, you know. But don't you love that God's perspective applies to us as well? God sees past all our faults and our failings. Don't you love that he's not as hard on us as we are on ourselves? He sees, his perspective sees more. His perspective sees the good that maybe is buried very, very deep down there. His perspective sees past that stupid mistake that we keep making over and over and over. He sees past that. Aren't you glad that God is that way? Amen. Like the authorities get tired of Jesus. They convince one of his closest friends, amen, to betray him. They arrest Jesus, beat him, you know, make fun of him, gamble for his clothes, hang him on a cross till he dies, bury him in a tomb, you know, put a huge big stone in the front of the tomb, put soldiers guarding it. End of story. Problem taken care of. Jesus is gone. All things are good. Amen. But you see, they didn't know. Amen. They didn't know. They thought they had killed Jesus. They didn't know. They thought they'd put an end to him. They didn't know that God's ways are higher than their ways, amen? And they wake up to an empty tomb. You see, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And thank God that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, amen? Because you see, they didn't know that when they crucified Jesus, his thoughts were higher than their thoughts. They didn't know that as Jesus endured all that he endured, and as he walked out of that tomb, that we were on his mind. Amen. You were on his mind. I was on his mind. Amen. Despite the world's failings. Amen. Despite what people were doing. Despite what people were saying. Despite what people were going and what they were at. God saw past all that. Amen. He saw past all that. He had a higher perspective. You were on his mind. I was on his mind. He did all that for you and me. So that we could have an abundant life. We sang it this morning, amen, praise God. The Holy Spirit was in action when he gave end of the songs this morning. There's no shadow he won't light up. No mountain he won't climb up. We know that, don't we? Amen. No wall he won't tear down. No lie he won't kick down. Amen. Coming after us. He's coming after you, amen. So despite all your faults and failings, God has seen past him, amen. He has a different perspective. He's seen past your failings. He's seen past your mistakes. He sees past your shortcomings. He's made a way for every one of us in this country to come to him, amen. So praise God. You know, we always want you to leave here on a Sunday uplifted and encouraged. But this morning too, we want you to leave here confident and assured that you serve a God that number one is always with you, that doesn't bail in the tough times, amen that can do anything, has unlimited resources, and is never boring. Amen. So the next time you ask for something, get excited. Because you just don't know what he's going to do. Amen. And you just don't know how he's going to do it. Amen. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen.